to uh, the call up. This is Maria. I'm here with Kelsey and Annika. Say hi, guys. Hey. hey. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, the interview that you guys did with Sophie de Boer uh, last Monday, October 1st. Uh, we are recording this a week late because we couldn't get our shit together in order to talk about this, but I'm really excited to hear about what, everything that happened. Uh, it was at the Rafa uh, Clubhouse uh, in Wicker Park, and Sophie just generously gave her time to come and talk to a bunch of people, So, and yeah. you guys did the interview. How did it go? It was good. It was amazing. amazing. Yeah, she, she was absolutely amazing. It was just so cool to be asked to do that. And there were so many people there that were so, so excited to, to talk to her and get their pictures taken, get autographs, but also just hear from her. But yeah, she was really funny and really willing to like engage and talk to tons and tons of people. And she's coming off of two weekends in a row of World Cup racing, mm-hmm. her first races back in months and months. So she was pretty tired and she was leaving... For home the next day, Amsterdam, and she was she spent like four hours at Damn. the Rafa store talking to people, hanging out. So it was it was fantastic. There was a lot of people. Yeah, there's a there lot were of people. A ton of people. A lot there. of like women came out. I mean, there were so many people there. People that I didn't even know at all, which is always good. So something I thought about before the interview happened because I wasn't available to be a member of the. Uh, the call-up host interview, Nora Daphne, because she was away. But I did think about the fact that you guys are twins, and so that that might be really confusing for her. Not because she wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two of you, but then just to be introduced to two hosts who look exactly the same and that not be explained. I uh, how do you think, think she coped I, with... I did not think about that at all until this... I think when all of the eyes are on you, you're probably not thinking about the what people who are talking to you look like. I don't know. Like, you know how you don't remember anyone's name or anyone's face when you're sort of, like, in an interview or... I don't know. if Because I saw the photo is Sophie's in the middle and you guys are either side. Situation. So it's like, she's, like, like <laughs> looking to either side. I felt like I was, sta- I was like, staring intently at her the whole time. And I was like, this is probably stressful to feel like two people and also 40 people around you just, like, staring at you. Uh, counterpoint, though, when you're at that level... Yeah, of a sport yeah. you yeah. do like so many interviews true and people all the time are awkward around you and like you're just used to being able to talk about yourself and being in like kind of high stress situations and she's like so much more famous in a, in belgium right than, oh, yeah. than she is here although i will say you know like her english is perfect she's like so so she's thoughtful so and articulate good. and she said multiple times like i don't know if this is the right word or like sorry i'm not probably not saying this correctly and it was like she was so She's like, you're yeah. more so eloquent. Yeah. I was like, you're more eloquent than we are. Yeah. You're, you're saying words that I don't even know. So like, You're in America? Uh, I don't know if you know. Uh, we're not, the bar is not high here. You know? <laughs> uh, the bar is... <clears throat> anyway, right. so she was... I think the interview covers some really interesting territory. We asked some questions. People in the crowd asked some questions. I think she says a lot of interesting things about how she thinks about training mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a question from the audience about like, do you train by feel? Like, do you know leading up to a race how your body is supposed to feel versus your mind? And she was so eloquent and willing to like share a lot of detail about how she thinks about getting herself right before a race. Um, so I think it's valuable not just from a you know if you're a fan of hers, mm-hmm. but also from a training standpoint, one of the best in the world. Offering that perspective is cool. Yeah, and not just that, like not just on her training, but also coming off of a long break, mm-hmm. being injured, 
exactly. thinking about what her mental or talking about what her mental outlook on yeah. that first race was was I think relevant to everybody yeah it's really interesting so anyways we're gonna um, cut to the interview now um, but we hope you enjoy yeah thank you Rafa Chicago um, for ha- having us and, and everybody thank who you came Sophie out. for and thank you everyone for coming out it was great and Sophie of course yeah people. But yeah, welcome. Sophie, we're so happy for you to be here. Uh, We have a couple questions prepared for you, but we also want to make sure that everybody else has time. So we'll probably start off and then open it up to the floor. Okay. So you're coming off of two huge weekends of racing. Um, Obviously, this weekend was a big one for you. Tell us how you're feeling. I'm feeling at the moment a little bit tired. Um, so yeah, first two World Cups, um, it was for me a bit exciting because uh, last winter, uh, yeah, I obviously went out for a little while, um, well, four months to be precisely. So it was very uh, exciting for me to start again. I was very happy that I could race again, but um, at the first World Cup, so that was last week at Waterloo, I was very 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 nervous it was um it was not yeah it was not normal anymore normally i'm i really appreciate a little bit of nerves but Mm. now it was it was quite a lot and i i raced a week before but it was a really bad race so then with everything there were a lot of nerves (laughs) but um in waterloo it went okay um but last uh, weekend, it was yeah, not yesterday before the race. Yeah, it went really well again. And but it was the first time for me that I went. Uh, how do you say this deep? Like um, yeah. <laughs> so um, to explain, normally you, um, if you do like a very intense. Uh, uh, how do you explain? Um, you have for racing. You all for everybody here who's racing might understand that you have like you have your hard lungs mm-hmm. and you have your legs. And sometimes in a race, your legs aren't very good, so then you cannot go harder because of the, the legs. Right. But sometimes you cannot go harder because uh, the the heart rate is too high. You just can't go harder. Uh, and that was for me last weekend that my heart rate was already after the start here and I just couldn't push any harder because my legs wanted to but I was com- the whole race until in this feeling like oh I have to throw up I have to throw up so then just like 100 meters before the finish we were sprinting for second place and then I had to throw up so that was a bit uh, unfortunate <laughs> because Marianne, she could pass me, and I really wanted to be in front of Marianne Vos. Um, I have a lot, a lot of respect for her, but mm. I mean, it, it would have been really nice to be in front of her because I think she would everything she accomplished. But then, well, not plenty of races, so I'm happy and um, I'm satisfied. It's fantastic. You know, we were wondering Waterloo. The conditions were so dry, pretty warm, yes. and then coming to. Jingle Cross, we know you love mud. Were you excited when you saw the forecast for yes. rain? Was it sort of like, oh yes? Yeah, like yeah, and yeah. especially just before the start, it was pouring, and um, I think that made 
uh, that we had to walk the the de- decent. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- sorry for if I say something weird. Oh, <laughs> So I think that was why we had to walk and compared to riders like Marianne, she's yeah. really technical. I think Eve, Evie uh, Riches as well. For me it was really good that we had to walk because I think I'm a bit of a better runner. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I was happy with rain. Hmm. And were you expecting to run that descent when you lined up or was it sort no, of like game no, time? No, I, no, I, I'm not sure who's seen it, but the first uh, first lap, I think uh, I was, Marianne was the first one going down, I think. And then it was uh, Evie, Ellen Noble and me, and we, with the three of us in the second corner, <laughs> we went all down. And then I thought, oh, it's, it's slippy. <laughs> I'm going to walk the next time. So you guys were in a group of four for most of the race, right? Um, what was it like being in that group? I, um, I never really forward. remember something after the race, um, but it's good. It's good. We <laughs> yeah, have we have <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Marianne, she had a really good start, but I think at one point she got a little bit back. I cannot remember when. Um, and then uh, Katie Keo, she I think she was in the maybe in the second lap already, like 20 seconds. So I think I was with Marianne and Evie, I think with the three of us. Um, yeah, it, it, it was it was fun because then at one point Marianne, she had a gap and then she crashed again and then you think, oh, <laughs> but then you crash yourself and then you go. Yeah. That's awesome. And you said you're feeling pretty good today. Yes. Yeah. What does the next couple weeks look like for you? Um, I will fly back tomorrow to Amsterdam and then I will race on Sunday and then the week after and the week after and, uh, for the, until end of February. It's fantastic. Yes, just the, the season in Europe, it starts now. Um, there are, oh, that is the part where Evie was running and she was running so fast, it was insane. I was like, <laughs> how is it possible? But she was, I was a little bit uh, concerned with that if you walk too fast with your ankles, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I never, I never uh, watch the race after I, r- I race it, so it's fun to see it now. You never watch a race after you. No, hmm. no. That's really interesting. Is no. there a reason why, or are you just well, it's over? I- if I have a good result, I want to watch it. But if not, <laughs> I just don't want to see it. Then I'm like, oh no, why did I do that? Why? It's over. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm curious, I've heard you talk a little bit about how people in America, the hecklers, are nicer. Can you talk a little bit about like what the difference is between racing in Europe versus the US? Yeah, well, the, all the people here, they cheer for you. That is in, that's, that's really great. In, in Belgium, <laughs> they, you have like one favorite rider and then you, they cheer for that particular rider. And um, here, I think everybody cheers for everybody. They just really love the sport, uh, well, you. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's that's a bit of the difference. I mean, in, I think the in, in Belgium, the uh, it's, yeah, we have, we have soccer and then um, it, it, how do I explain it? Um, if you are uh, like rooting for one club, you will never, never, never gonna root for the other club. And I think that is a bit similar f- in Belgium with the riders. Hmm. I mean, especially with the uh, the, el- the elite men riders. If you're ch- if you're cheering for Wout, 
I mean, you will never say anything to Mathieu van der Poel. And I think, I think here they will cheer just for everybody. Uh, <laughs> that's the, the sense, of what, that's what I noticed. I'm not sure if it's true. People are more loyal in Europe to their yeah. chosen rider. Yeah. 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 Really Do you nice like coming over to America to race? Is there Yes, yes. I really think it's um, it's um, a good thing for the sport. There are um, different uh, what is it meanings? What is it? Uh, they thoughts about that. People have different thoughts. Some writers they say, oh, what, what, why do we go to Europe and uh, America? Because if you watch the results in the elite uh, men racing, it's still top ten Belgium. It's not like the level of the elite men riders in the USA that they are uh, coming near the level of the Belgian or the Euro Europe riders um, but in my opinion I think here in the USA there are big uh, sponsors and companies they want to like track for instance and I'm not saying it because they are my <laughs> sponsor but I mean it's a big company and they want to be involved in, in also in cyclocross and I think it's really good um, that they uh, initiate like the, the race and that they put the money in because I think that will eventually grow um, yeah mm. but then yeah it is of obviously it's uh, it's like the um, you are two weeks only for two races and but yeah I love it to come here so it's awesome yeah we were wondering on the note of sponsors, you made the switch from racing from for Belgian teams for most of your career to a private team uh, mm -hmm. last year, I believe. Uh, yeah, one one and a half. No, uh, yeah, yeah, one and a half year ago, uh, two thousand first of January, uh, two thousand seventeen. What has that been like in terms of how it's impacted your day to day, like getting ready for races? Like, what's the difference um, between racing for your previous well, teams and now private? N not much. Um, in cyclocross, you do sorry all the things you do. You do it by yourself. So uh, I still have my camper. I have my own people around me, and I have to still pe the same pe people I'm working with. Um, the only thing that really changed is that towards the uh, sponsors, I'm much more. Um, involved now in this the people I'm working with so I really appreciate that um, because I think the um, for me I think it's really important to have like a good relationship with your sponsors so now I'm doing all the almost all the things by myself I think that's one of the main things that uh, that changed hmm. but in the day-to-day -day, yeah not not really much because the the uh, in the previous years I was riding for a team with only five other cyclocross riders and we didn't really have to do much with each other mm. and before that I was in the Tillinet Fidea team. That was a bit different because then we had a team training camp and we had the team training and everything but at that point uh, women's cycling was still much smaller and um, it really frustrated me that the guys were like earning big money and I really had to beg for <laughs> maybe 100 or 200 euros so the difference was huge and um, yeah hmm. it seems like to us watching as fans the equality between men and women is starting to improve at the UCI mm -hmm. level I don't know if you know that's accurate or not 
but it seems like yeah, one definitely, is, definitely, yeah. yeah, it's definitely changing in a, in a good way for us. Uh, I think it's really positive. Um, they're changing a, l- yeah, they're changing a lot. They're changing the 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 price money, but also um, they are rethinking about uh, the time that we are racing. Should we race a little bit longer? Because the main argument that guys say uh, that if if we come up with oh we should um, uh, deserve the same amount of price money. Yeah, but you race 40 minutes. Well, then we're like, okay, then we will race also 50 minutes or one hour for us because the guy set up the rule. We didn't. We'll race for two hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will race for three hours if that will make me, you know. But, so that's, it's, it, to me, it's a little bit uh, a stupid argument. Um, I think it's not really about uh, the time we are racing. I think you have to look at uh, the it, as if you see the cycle, if you see it as a product. I think it had it has to be nice watching it. You need it has to be attractive. Um, and I'm not sure if we will race if we race for one hour if that will make the sport the women race much more attractive. I don't know. Maybe then we have to try it. But, well, that's another discussion. Yeah, it's really improving. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It'll be exciting to see if that link does. I think happen. it's already, because in, in, in Europe, since three years, I think we are now broadcasted live on television. And I th- and because of the increased price money, you see that more riders are now getting into cyclocross. For instance, Marianne is coming back. But then we also have Lucinda Brandt. She's, uh, she was third on the last World Championship. She's doing more cross now. Um, but also girls like Evie Riches, they come from the mountain biking. and. Um, Magali Rochette, Rochette, they choose now to go for a f- full cross calendar and I think that shows that uh, more women are now attractive to do a whole calendar. Yeah. And it makes yeah. the racing so exciting, I mean it's been... It is like, I'm, I remember, I'm 27 now, I remember like I was about 18 when I did my first World Cup and um, well, not immediately, but I think in like two years I could finish in the top ten. I think that is not possible now anymore. Um, you really have to ha- need to have a good day to be in top ten. It's, yeah, can imagine. We were kind of wondering, with such a strong, exciting field, what are your kind of target races? What are you excited about this coming year? Um, Maybe too early to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> More wine. Um, no. We're grilling you here, sorry. <laughs> well, for me, of, of course, I, well, actually, I want to be on the podium every week. <laughs> um, well, yeah. First, I, I wanted to see, okay, at what uh, level will I be racing this winter? Um, and, but now after this weekend, I know, okay, if with some more races, with some more training, I think I can participate again in, the, in, in going for the, the, the number one uh, to the, for the win. So, um, but I n- still need to get some more confidence and also n- a bit more feeling on the bike again. Um, I was in, for instance, in Waterloo, I, I was on the start line and I was like, I don't know if I can do it anymore. <laughs> if I can, if, if <laughs> I can, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was very strange to be racing again after so long. So I first need to improve on my confidence and the feeling on the bike. But 
I mean, yeah, I, I want to win and um, I want to be in, in, the, in, the, in, in the front. And like, it, for me, the most important thing to have is to have like a satisfied feeling after the race. Um, and I'm only satisfied if I know I gave like 100, 110%. And if that makes me first or fifth, I will, in both situations, I will be satisfied. Satisfied, yeah. That's really cool. You know, one more question before we open it up to the room. You, know, you mentioned taking a little bit of time off, four months or so. We know that following on Instagram, you like to cook, you post about food, yeah. nutrition. How has that played a role in your recovery? Um, well, I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the boyfriend's not really <laughs> a big fan of cooking. Well, not at all. <laughs> So and we need to eat anyway. No, I, I, uh, yeah. Well, it's it's strange. I mean, now I'm in in the last ten years. I I studied also, but then uh, I think I uh, finished my bachelor degree like five six years ago. Five, I don't know. So then I've been only busy with training, racing, resting. Everything is about sport, improving your body in all kind of ways. In in uh, improving mentally, you're always busy with improving, improving, improving. And now there was just nothing. I couldn't train because that would make the situation more worse. Uh, but then my friends they have to go to work. And it was a bit like, so <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, so I did, I did a lot of um, cooking, trying out new recipes. I bought a lot of uh, cookbooks. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It sounds strange. And <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But now I try, because then, um, Everything I do, I want to do it like 150, <laughs> maybe 200 percent. So then sometimes <laughs> it was like eight or eight thirty, uh, and I was still busy doing <laughs> making <laughs> this, making that, trying that out of the oven, and all. And then I, then I don't try one recipe; I try four recipe, and then at the same time, and everything has to be perfect. So it was also a bit stressful, actually. <laughs> doing cooking 110 percent as well is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also expect it to be nice because I mean it's a bit of a shame if you've been for three hours right. in the kitchen and it's still... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we wanted to open it up. Does anybody have a question they'd like to ask? I know what some people do. They're just shy. Jen? If you could pedal your bike with anyone to suddenly lose your ride, who would you ride with and where? Oh wow. Um, <coughs> um yeah. <laughs> uh, let me okay, let me think. With who I do want to ride. Um well I think in the um, women's category I, I've been riding with a lot of the um women I mean <coughs> Um, like a few years ago, I would have said Hanka Kupfernagel. She's always been one of my uh, uh, what idols? idols. Yeah, idols. But now I I actually speak her quite regu regularly. <laughs> so um, and then the men. Uh, let me think of someone. 
Oh, I don't know. I think about it. I come back later. <laughs> Sophie, you were telling me earlier this evening that you actually went on a Chicago ride today. Yeah. Then you Where went up you to go? Highland Park? Uh, I, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. I, uh, I went up north to the, uh, yeah, I, I, so, uh, I have a Wahoo, Wa Wahoo, yeah. Yep. So and I I have it for quite a while, but I just uh, like recently um, figured out how I can put like rides into it, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's very easy. So now um, I just looked for like Chicago area here, and I found an RCC open ride from somebody. So I put that one in. And I did that one, <laughs> but it was it was eighty kilo, eighty k kilometers. I don't, uh, yeah. Uh, and at one point, oh, I was really hungry, so I went down to the Dunkin' Donuts and, <laughs> and then on the way back home. It's real awesome. American. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. We had another one over here. So before we got interrupted by a man in a giant unicorn hat. Oh, um, I saw you talking with Katie Compton. Yeah. Um, how much do you um, either get inspired by or learn by the other pro riders? Because I feel like that's a great thing about the sport is that so many women, um, from the pros down to Cat Five, are accessible and share, and that's what's great about cyclocross. Um, yeah, that's a difficult question because in in Europe I de I definitely feel that if you want to go on the course you see the girls because then we have to wait 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 until we can go on the course and you see the girls looking at each other like okay I don't want to be her in uh, behind me because then she will see what lines am I riding <laughs> and I am always a little bit like okay where is for instance Sana Sana counts and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be in her wheel so where is she um, so and at one hand, you want to share, but on the other hand, like the the info of the like the the lines you are racing in the race, you definitely don't want to share. So in the pre-ride, everyone is a little bit uh, looking like this. <laughs> um, and then sometimes you hear girls saying, "I don't want her to be in my wheel. You can be in my wheel, but she's not." <laughs> um, but with Compton, yeah, we were, well, actually, I was waiting there because I saw uh, Marianne, Nash, all the girls going up. So I said to her, they are coming down now. So if you wait here, you're going to see how they are going down. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I wait. <laughs> so that's why we were standing there. I just wanted to see how, also, it was Sanne. It was like Sanne, Lechner, Nash, uh, Marianne and uh, the other good, uh, Inge, they were all going down. So for me, it was jackpot. <laughs> 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 but they were all riding it, and eventually we had to walk. So, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. Great question. For someone new to cross, what's one thing you would tell someone that's new to cross that you wish you knew when you first started racing? Um, well, I think two things. One of the main things is uh, tire pressure. It is really important to um, try uh, your tire pressure and try um, different pressures. Like if in a training, sometimes you have what do you have? P PSI. Oh, do you do? We have bar. <laughs> bar. <laughs> uh, PSI is what we have. Yeah. Well. But what's bar pressure? Do you run? 
Um, normally 1.3, 1.35 in the front and then 1.35, 1.4 in the back. Sometimes for Waterloo it was like 1. Point, uh, I think 1.5 and 1.55 in the back. But uh, so it's a really uh, small differences, but it really makes uh, a difference. So I definitely say in also in cyclocross training. Try sometimes like one bar, like really low. Try to um, feel your tire uh, like slipping away. Okay, at what point am I slipping away? Um, and the other thing is the um, posture you have on the bike. It is very important that in the corners you don't um, you you keep your arms like this. It's very important to train your core and have everything like this. If you go in a corner and you um, go a bit like this, then you um, automatically have more pressure on the front wheel and you should always have the most pressure on your back wheel. So if you go in a, for instance, in a corner, um, you want to move your weight a bit to the back and then you with your feet you can put the pressure in and always keep your arms like this and i remember in the beginning i was always if i was nervous my arms would go like this and you automatically have more pressure so it uh, it is posture of your body and uh, tire pressure you mentioned before the first world cup Having put in the work and still lining up and wondering where you're going to stack up, knowing you're capable of the front of that race, mm -hmm. how do you find that feeling? Do you train mostly by feel? Do you train mostly by power? Um, especially when the level is that high. Mm -hmm. um, and has that changed a lot throughout the years? You mentioned recently having gone to Wahoo. Um, has that evolved since when you came into the sport? A lot of questions. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> 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 secrets. Yeah, exactly. She can't share too much information. So. No. Um, okay. So, so basically, you're asking what it, uh, what it yeah. is. Do you, are you training mostly by feeling or by no? I, I before going into into such a deep field. Uh, well, after last year, I um, started working with another trainer, another coach. Uh, he's the same coach as uh, Wout van Aert. Uh, so I uh, thought, okay, <laughs> he probably know everything. <laughs> and I will complete you 100%. I will uh, trust you 100%. Now, I, uh, some people train by feeling. I. I am the one I, I train like always on the schedule and um, but it it has to be like if you if you're racing for over ten years you know your body you know what feeling you want to have uh, you know how you want your legs to feel uh, how you want your muscles to feel um, so in a couple of months and weeks, I've been just training as much as I could, um, and also looking at the um, battages and seeing, okay, what one minute power, two minute power, three, five minute powers do I have? Um, but then in the week before the, the race, it is, um, it's, how do I explain? Um, 
to be race ready like mentally and also physically it's like it's for me it's always like a, um, a lot of fine-tuning how do you want your muscles to feel and that process you learn that by racing a lot um, and then you also learn okay for mentally for me I figured out especially last like after last year I don't want to be a hundred percent focusing on what is it like busy with the race like the whole week I just only on the race day I know okay when the when the I just have to trust myself if if we lined up then I know what to do and um, it's for me it's not beneficial if the day before I'm like okay I need to race and who are they uh, how how am I feeling how are my legs Uh, the other girls are they good yeah no I just have to be like okay there's a race tomorrow and okay I just act like there's no race tomorrow (laughs) but there is a race tomorrow but um, and then your body uh, your head and your body are always communicating with each other but that's a process that is um, um, unconscious and um, for me like uh, last week I felt very relaxed so for me that was like a sign okay my body is is in a is, is, is race ready because if I get nervous before the race mostly that is a sign like my body is telling me you are not race ready there's you still need to recover and um, because in your head you're you unconsciously you are busy with the race um, and yeah, it's a bit difficult to explain this in a different language how this process works but you need really need to trust the body that if 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 you get nervous Probably that is because you feel a little bit of fear. So, um, but it's also for, yeah, in the first race, I didn't know what to expect. And I think it's natural that as a person, as human being, you want to know a little bit what, what, what to expect. Where you stand. So, and where yeah. you stand. And that uncertainty will get, will make you nervous. Yeah, that was one of my questions. It's like when you were lining up and you were describing being so nervous. Do you have any like coping mechanisms or like exercises or mentally like calm yourself down? I I try to um, well and at Waterloo at one in the morning. The the nurse was so bad already that I couldn't eat and everything. And I went to the race. So normally I think okay. The, the moment I'm on my bike, it will uh, be better. But so I went on my bike, and because of the nurse, then I always my head is like chatting, <laughs> and it's uh, it's I find it very difficult that if my head is like this to focus on my body. And for cyclocross, you want to have the feeling with your bike and with the ground because you really want to push um, the um, like. If you're if you're in a corner, you want to go as fast as you can in the corner. But you really need to feel at what point is my tire slipping away from the from the ground. So you really need to be in focus with the, the bike and the sure. ground. So you cannot be in your head. So I find it always difficult when I'm nervous and the head is like this. And who's that? 
<laughs> and uh, so then I focus on the breathing. So when I'm on the bike, then I think, okay, just breathe and try to feel the 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 the, the pressure in the tires and um, and. After my reckon, I went down. I just had like a sleep for 20 minutes. So when I woke up, I was like, uh, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna race." And then I feel much more relaxed. And yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the times we hear about the difference. Most of us know the difference between racing in Europe and the U.S. Um, you mentioned earlier about how us fans cheer everybody on. Um, besides that, is there anything that you experience your race in the U.S. that you wish was part of the Belgian scene or the Dutch scene, or the Euro scene in general, uh, that it, that is missing. Good or question. Like well, I change? think um, well, I haven't raced much in the U.S. I only did Vegas, did ra this race, and Waterloo. And um, what I hear. And what I uh, saw, for instance, in Vegas, the courses are very wide. They are much less technical, but that doesn't, uh, that is not for, for this race. Iowa, Iowa is, is a very technical race. Um, most of the Belgian races, of the Europe race, they are much more different from each other. Like the one week we have like a complete uh, sand race and the other week it's um, that, up and down, for instance, the, the runs of the Koppenberg Cross, and uh, I have the feeling that the races in the uh, USA, and that is what, for instance, Elle Anderson or Katrina Compton told me, the races sometimes are a little bit more similar, and they're not always technically um, the same as in Belgium. So I think that is also why some of the, the um, for instance, the sand courses in in Holland of in Belgium we have. I don't think the the uh, American riders <laughs> ever practice. I remember I did in uh, I did in 2013 the uh, cyclocross or the World Championship in Coxide. I think there was no American in the top ten. So totally we don't different. have any downhill have sands. No, downhill no. Sand. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think so. I don't want to bring something here to Europe. I think they should bring <laughs> sand here, <laughs> <laughs> or not? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> we see a lot well, of cross racers hoping that that doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know we're at 35 minutes, but I see well, one more. Dovetailing what you just said, is there a course? in either here or in Europe that s suits your abilities that you know that you're going to do good on this course? I mean, is there environment, time, temperature, um, the course itself that you... I think to? races like Iowa, the muddy races with also running, I, um, I'm a quite a good runner, um, so I think and a little bit up, like the heavy races, like Waterloo is a fast race, also heavy, but most, uh, it's very fast. I prefer the slower races, and I think Iowa, especially with mud, is it's very good. So you like grinding to yeah. a certain extent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got one more, and then um, we can Speaking of your training, um, we all know as cyclists that cardiovascular uh, 
fitness is super important no matter what your discipline mm -hmm. is. But um, cyclocross courses are so temporary. How do you train for bike handling skills? Do you ride mountain bike or do you ride your cross bike on a mountain bike course? Or? Temporary, you mean like it's only uh, 45 only for minutes? No, no, so like um, here in Chicago or anywhere really in the US, yeah. there isn't a dedicated cyclocross course that a rider can go and train and practice bike handling skills. So do you, um, do you try to go to mountain bike courses? Ah, like that. No, well, I we have in uh, in the south of Holland, um, we have an, an area. It's um, I don't know. It's located around water, and they've been training for like forty years. Like Sven Nijs is always used to train there, but also Richard Groenendaal and also the dad of Richard Groenendaal. They all train there. Like all Adrie van der Poel, everybody trained there, and. Um, it's called the sand and um, there are like hundreds of um, single tracks everything there are they build stairs they have sand and the Dutch team we every Wednesday we have two hour two and a half hour training over there and it starts like six weeks prior to the season so um, I always start my like really specific cyclocross training. I started there, and it's like a perfect um, training for competition because it's two and a half hour. We do a lot of um, like ten minutes efforts, um, and then the the trainers. We used to uh, Richard Groenendaal and um, Gerben de Knecht. Gerben, he's also a former professional. He's now our federal coach. Uh, they used to do the training, now uh, it's only Gerben de Knecht who's doing the training with some uh, assistant coaches, helpers. helpers. And they, they plan the training in advance, so they uh, make all the routes. So we, uh, every week we have different labs, it's, it's so much fun. And then we train with uh, one big group and um, the, the, the Lars van der Haar, he's training there, but also some girls, not all the girls training there. And it's only for uh, Dutch people. For, for an amateur cyclocross racer here though, is, is, do the mountain bike handling skills translate over to cyclocross? <laughs> not, um, I don't, not really. I think because on the, um, of course, it is really good to be on a mountain bike because you get more comfortable with a bike and you get more comfortable about changing your uh, weight on the bike. But then in cyclocross, it is really important to um, go, uh, like you see here, to go in the corners. You really have to feel at what point. Uh, on, until what point can I pedal and when not and how fast can I go in the corners and um, it is about the timing your, of your, to get your bike uh, off your bike, get it on your shoulder uh, for instance also very important to get in your pedals and these are all very different things you, d you don't have with mountain biking and if you see the World Cup races in mountain biking I think the girls they really need to um, uh, move their weight in from the front to the back. I think in cyclocross it's more from the right, uh, uh, right <laughs> to the left. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I think if you want to be good at cyclocross, really train cyclocross. Yeah. So interesting. 
All right, well, Sophie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. If somebody has an, another question, you can ask. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I won't record this part.